craft beer lovers and brewers like you and me are looking forward to safely enjoying a beer together in tap rooms across the nation and the world. Know what else we can look forward to this year? Brewery DB, the industry's only professionally curated source of brewery and beer information, is unveiling an all-new platform for brewers and fans of craft to find the ultimate brewery experience. Brewery DB is the most complete database of breweries and beers available. More than a million craft beer lovers visited breweries in 2019 after searching for and planning their visits at brewerydb.com. Breweries can get in front of craft beer lovers looking for a cold one by going to marketmybrewery.com and creating a profile. Craft beer lovers can follow Brewery DB on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn to get the latest updates on the new platform scheduled to launch early this year. The best part? It's all free. Good Beer Matters shares the stories of craft and culture found in every glass. And I'm excited to announce that the Good Beer Matters podcast and Brewery DB are collaborating this year to help you get to the bottom of it. Visit us at goodbeermatters.net and brewerydb.com to finally have the experience you've been missing. My name is Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters. There are those points of friction and points of pain for an operator to get it right every day. But the on-premise environment, it is dynamic. It, it's, a, it's an exciting place to be if you're doing it right. Knowing more in this industry increases the joy in this industry. Strategies for selling draft beer range from constantly rotating good and bad sellers to keeping the same lineup for decades. One thing most pubs have in common though is that very few can tell you exactly how well each draft line is moving. My next guest has a multi-layered solution to help pub owners pay their bills, educate their staff, and delight their guests. I've studied, traveled, and tasted my way through some of the best beer the world has to offer. Over the past few years, I've also spoken to beer industry leaders from around the globe, and one thing is certain. The art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. There is a story of craft and culture found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoy episode 71 of Good Beer Matters with Lori Bolin of BrewLogics. This episode comes to you as a partnership between Good Beer Matters and BrewLogics. Lori, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Um, I've, uh, as you know, I've been uh, following what you've been doing for a little while now, and I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic, and I can't wait to uh, get the story out to everyone else. But um, but first of all, uh, just a quick greeting. Thank you so much for coming on to the Good Beer Matters podcast. Jeremy, it is such a pleasure. It's actually a real honor to be here and to be talking with you and your listeners today. So thanks so much for the invitation. Oh, uh, my pleasure. But, you know, f- uh, first order of business, I uh, want to get to know a little bit more about you. So will you please uh, introduce yourself, but uh, tell us about your, uh, I- I'm aware you have a long history as an entrepreneur, but I'm not really aware of what that is. So please introduce yourself. Tell us about being an entrepreneur and how you ended up in the beer industry. <laughs> well, first of all, uh Lori Bolin is, I'll introduce myself to your listeners, is my name, and I am the president 
and Chief Strategy Officer for BrewLogics. And uh, maybe we'll we'll talk a little bit later about exactly what that is, but we are in the beer industry. We're in the craft beverage industry uh, to be even more uh, accurate. Uh, but yes, I have a long history as an entrepreneur and as an advocate for the entrepreneur. Uh, I remember probably being about eight years old, um, sitting in my grandmother's landscaping firm that she had started. And actually, long before that, she had owned an ice cream shop. Uh, she, as a as a young married woman, her husband died when her first son was two years old. And she took all of her money and invested that into an ice cream shop, um, into a retail operation, and absolutely loved that. And as she grew in her life and her career, started what became a truly exceptional landscaping firm in Minnesota. And she served all of the huge corporations and, and great families in the area there that desired landscaping services. And I remember being maybe eight, nine years old and sitting with her when she would come into the office and do all of the work in the office, do the invoicing, mail uh, customer notices and things of that nature out, hauling things from the greeneries and tending to her own greenery and just loving the fact that she was sort of living this American dream of working hard, but also working smart and uh, serving a great need, creating beautiful things uh, that was sort of this mixture of art and science. And I was absolutely fascinated by it. And by the time I was 29 years old, I had started my first company uh, that was a uh, market research and communications firm and expanded into uh, video production work, Salesforce training, things of that nature for uh, folks that were introducing products to market. Very, very fascinated with, with people who, who made things with their hands, who designed and created things. And I wanted to be a part of that. So my first business was actually serving those who did that. And uh, while I was traversing the entrepreneurial pathway myself, I loved serving others who were doing the same. And as the years went by, I had customers of mine who asked me to help them start businesses. And that happened about three or four times uh, over. And um, so in in the last oh, couple of decades, I've had the opportunity to start uh, five or so different companies who are all in existence today in one form or another, um, all having worked their way through the pandemic and uh, all seeing the other side of it today. And one of those companies is BrewLogics. And this is, uh, this is actually a company who uh, probably a year, year and a half ago, purchased a, um, the assets of a company that was in the beer industry, uh, but it had lost its way and was going into bankruptcy. And I started researching this company actually long before it had problems because I had been asked to invest in the company. And boy, did I see just a complete uh, fascination with this industry, I was excited by this industry. But at the time that I was asked to invest in the company, I didn't necessarily see all the components that I would wanna see in a successful company. So a few years later, that same company was going through bankruptcy 
and um, I am now uh, president and chief strategy officer of this, the company that purchased their assets and have brought a whole new thought process to serving uh, the on-premise industry in particular, um, but the beer industry and the craft beverage industry as a whole. And I will have to tell you of all of the companies that I've had the chance uh, to start or serve in this entrepreneurial role, uh, this by far has completely stolen my heart. You know, thank you so much for sharing all that. And I absolutely, without reservation, agree with the idea of a service-oriented uh, a service -oriented business um, from the standpoint of we can still have a business. We can still find a profit. We can still uh, take care of our families and serve our families, um, but we can do it in a way that serves our customers, our clients as well. And, and, and um, just a quick interjection. My my parents own their own business as well, and I remember as a kid thinking, oh my gosh, they work so hard, they work so hard, but now with the eyes of an adult in retrospect, I see that they were actually serving the people that came in and, and helping them find uh, betterment in their lives through the business that they had, and 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 that's kind of been a thread through my life uh, leading all the way actually to this podcast. Um, uh, just to help people do something better, and 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 I think that is a the the mindset of of helping people do better is something that is not always found in business. Um, uh, I think we've always been brainwashed that we we start a business so we can make money and live the good life. You know, we see all the commercials on TV, but I I think the good life is to help other people also live the good life and do that with a mutual benefit. Absolutely. And that's where I, I'm so attracted to this industry because whether it is um, a brewery and, and helping their tap room succeed or an on-premise uh, restaurant with a, with a really creative draft program, it, whatever the range. And we have customers that have eight taps in a very uh, specific and detailed or curated um, menu. And we have customers that have 150 taps uh, equally as passionate about what that product mix is for them. And we have customers everywhere in between. The one thing I love about each and every one of them is the passion that they bring to the level of excellence that they want to um, help folks experience in their on-premise environment. And so, you know, they're passionate about service that we, we kind of know when we meet a really good fit for a customer, when we sense that just exceptional passion toward what it is that they're doing and the people that they want to serve. And that gives us such a charge to be able to jump on board with them and help them achieve all of their aspirational and operational goals. And, and as a beer consumer, you know, I, I love going into those tap houses where there's a hundred plus taps because there's such a great, um, you know, variety to choose from. But as a beer professional, I walk into that same place thinking, oh my gosh, what a nightmare. Um, and then conversely, you, you walk into, um, and that would, you know, be a big uh, corporate chain that has that capacity and, and, and that uh, capital to spend. And then you go into a small tap room where they have that passion. They have that uh, community, local-minded. It is a ma-and-pa store or, 
or a young couple trying to start their first business um, and become an entrepreneur like you were, um, or still are, but you know, becoming an entrepreneur and 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 they're they're just trying to figure it out as they go along and 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 but they don't always have the knowledge or the experience or the mentorship um, to guide their way and they certainly don't have 150 taps. Um, I, I see, you know, with those two different examples, I see two different challenges, two different problems and, and, and a million more in between. Um, so my question is, what are the big problems that you see with the on-premise uh, draft programs. What what's the what are all the uh, varieties of things that people have to deal with on a daily basis? Right. Well, one of the things that we often observe, and certainly our customers and and our prospective customers are coming to us uh, for, is we see some commonality across all of those different uh, types of organizations, and that is the level of chaos in which is a natural part of the on-premise environment. Now, depending upon the environment, there are various approaches to that chaos, various levels of controllability, if that's a word, to the chaos that's there. But the on-premise environment, it is dynamic. It, it's a it's an exciting place to be if you're doing it right. It, it's the place that people crave to be at, even today. And I don't want to get too too tall up on my on my soapbox, but I, all of the evidence that we have shows us that consumers are craving to be back out into these on-premise environments, and they look for authentic. Uh, on-premise experiences and in those authentic environments where there's very a lot of intentionality in what kind of a customer experience they're trying to create. The challenges really come in how much have I planned this experience for my customers and what is the friction that's getting in the way of that? What are the, because it's a dynamic and fast moving environment, how do I keep my staff educated and trained on what's on the draft program? That's, that can be a point of friction. How do I make sure that all of my, all of the favorites, all of the things that folks have come to expect, whether it's a favorite style, a favorite flavor profile, um, the favorite things that I count on my favorite on-premise environment, having for me, how do I make sure as the operator that I always have it? And um, how do I know my customer base well enough and track what it is that they are, um, they have an affinity toward? How am I analyzing what that is so that as I evaluate new products, to bring into my draft program. How do I choose well? And how do I evaluate pretty quickly whether or not that product is meeting my expectations and my patrons, my customers' expectations? You know, how do I plan? You know, we've got customers, for example, who may plan out a very specific menu with a paired draft program. And they'll hold that in place for a certain number of days. And after that number of days, I've got one customer, for example, that holds that in place for 29 days. And then after 29 days, they initiate a new menu um, and, and a new draft program. It may not be wholesale new, but there are, there are definite shifts that occur so that it stays dynamic, it stays interesting. Consumers love new. 
And yet at the same time, they, they, they don't want it all new. There's a, there's a balance in there and striking that balance creates difficulty at a certain level of chaos in the operation. So, you know, I, I can keep going, but there's, there are those points of friction and points of pain for an operator to get it right every day, to plan right, to inventory right, to serve right, to educate right. All of these things together create the customer experience and customers that seek us out or the customers that we have that do this really well are getting it right more often. They're reducing the uncontrolled chaos in their environments and creating fantastic experiences for customers. Well, Laura, let me ask you a question, and it's going to sound like a uh, kind of a devil's advocate type of question, but uh, I think by now you know which side of the line I'm on. Uh, I'm 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 on the same line that you are on the same side that you are. But for the sake of the the question goes, you know, um, I certainly have gone out to those bars in in different states and 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 around and seen where they are trying to do things a little bit better. They're trying to have better food, better beer. Maybe it's paired. Maybe the staff is better educated, um, uh, and because they have customers who are looking for those new beers, new experiences, next exciting thing. But I've also been to some of those bars that, um, you know, frankly, the the pattern that I have experienced is they tend to be those darker, older dive bars um, that still hold just this wonderful allure. And the charm to those is that things don't change. The beers don't change. Um, you know, uh, we still see Ed every single day sitting down at the corner because that's Ed's spot and, and Ed's here every, every day. Um, what are the challenges that those bars have to uh, face or reckon with? Or is there still a place for those, those um, you know, cheers-like bars where everyone knows your name? Right. Oh, goodness. You know, to, I would say there's absolutely a place. There's absolutely a place for um, the concepts that the, that your marketplace is telling you is working, right? And I think we, depending upon the on-premise environment, there are different things that we uh, evaluate. There are different, what we call draft performance indicators, uh, you, maybe your audience have, have in business have heard of key performance indicators. We've created a, a metric system that we call draft performance indicators. If, if you've got metrics that tell you your customer base, your, uh, your community loves what you're doing and they love the fact that you're not changing, um, then more power to you. However, I will say more often than not, that's not where we're seeing growth. In, in our customers. And now, does, does the whole draft program need to change all the time? No. Does, does the experience need to change? Hopefully not. Hopefully the experience that you've defined that is special to you, uh, that, that is your calling card, hopefully you do that better and better and better every day. Um, however, what we do know through consumer research and uh, your your uh, listeners may or may not know that Brew Logics owns Brewery DB, and Brewery DB is the largest curated craft product database in the world. Today, it's dominated by beer. Um, kombucha brewers are starting to contribute um, their data and their products, et cetera, into that 
through our uh, marketing platform called Market My Brewery. But the data that we see and the consumer interaction that we see in BurryDB is that the growing consumer base that craves the on-premise environment, that consumer base expects some new things. They appreciate new things. Um, they appreciate, um, I, I would say, some of these attributes are new. They really appreciate local. So the corner bar that's really uh, the, the local haunt has got a leg up. Uh, the local tap room has a leg up on what this consumer is asking for, this new and more dominating consumer is asking for. But they, they are intrigued. If you've got a, a 12 tap program and you never change it, the opportunity for you to grow your business is is going to be limited based on the consumer profile that that has the dollars they want to spend that is craving that on-premise environment and so you're you may want to consider maybe i'll take a couple of my taps and and let's take what i know they already love and put a little twist on it and try a little something no, um, maybe maybe it's you take your existing program and you you take a little twist on how you're pairing to that draft program. Maybe that's the little twist that you add. But there's there's a freshness that comes with that. You can stay in your uh, in your market position. You can stay true to your brand and still bring a little bit of freshness to that platform to your program that will really excite your customer base. And I, I'm certainly not the, the, um, the, uh, the business experienced person like you are or other guests I've had in the past, but from what I have experienced, those, those bars that tend to do well, um, and, and, and frankly do well, meaning that they're profitable and they're having fun and they enjoy going to work. Um, if you, uh, you know, for example, and to put this really simply, if there are 12 taps, maybe six of those are the slam dunk. We're going to pay the, uh, all the bills with these taps. And then the other six are just for fun, just because, uh, you love this beer and you want to share it with all your buddies. Um, maybe it doesn't move quite as fast, but it sure is amazing. Um, is that still, I'll say still, is that still a, uh, a, good business strategy to help with growth and keeping things fresh and alive? Well, I would say this, you are, the way that you've described it, that those six are for fun and, and they maybe don't necessarily contribute to the revenue stream or the margin, you know, in particular, I would say that is not the formula that we're seeing creating growth. Now, one or two, out of that 12? Absolutely. In fact, we have a customer who is so well known for their curated draft program. And they they do. They have a section of that draft program that never changes. They have a section of that draft program that is holds up the styles. You know, it the styles are the same. They they make some changes inside what's in there. They take a twist on on um you know the flavor notes, maybe that are that are within that style, and and play with that just a little bit. They have one or two taps 
that are the crazy stuff, the stuff that is hard to get a hold of. Um, they work really, really hard to be the one that if you are over the top in your um, pursuit of, of particularly, you know, the craft beer um uh, journey, and you want to keep trying the new thing. You want to be the one that got your hands on, you know, this this really special release. That's what they do. They take that one or two uh, taps, and it's it's the unique, it's the rare, it's the crazy, it's the because that's part of their identity. But in that identity, it to run a great business. They, they really have to start looking at how do I make sure that every one of these tasks is working as hard for me as it can and is delighting my customers. That doesn't mean they all have to be the same, right? I mean, you know there are certain products that you have on tap that margin better than anything else. And when you combine it with the top line and the, the unit sales on that, you know this is a winner, but you're not going to put it on every tap. I mean, you, there is a real art and science to this that has, that takes me back to my grandmother's landscaping firm. There was I, the art and science that she brought to that, that sweet spot is what made that an extraordinary business. We see today that those that are really looking at their draft program and bringing art and science to this and recognizing there's some of decisions I'm making because they're consistent with who I am as a brand. Some are because I'm meeting the highest expectations of my customer base and the totality of it has to allow me to continue to reinvest in my business and grow because the best thing you can do for customers that love you is make sure that you're there tomorrow is make sure that you're there you know, next week, next month, and the month after that. It, especially if you're a community haunt, you know, if you're the favorite place in the community, make sure that they're there, you're there a year from now. And really looking at, is my draft program doing everything for me, for my business, and my customer base that it can do? Having that relationship or having that view of your draft program if you can get that into a sweet spot, I guarantee you, you are going to love being the owner of that business, being the operator of that business. You're going to get great feedback from your customer base. You're going to get affirmation, you know, from your team members. Um, but yes, I, I think you you started by asking about the six and six, the fifty percent, fifty percent. I I see that today's best operators are tweaking that percentage and looking at it more so in, you know, what am I attempting? What's the experience I'm trying to bring to the table? What does my brand stand for? What is the promise of that to my customer base? And how do I design my draft program so that I can achieve that and be a thriving business? Well, let me dovetail onto you those comments and thank you for that. Um, because this works uh, perfectly into one of the questions I want to ask you. Uh, so we'll just kind of keep going with that theme of where, where you're going. But more specifically, um, and obviously, if I were to ever open up a brewery or tap house, there's there's a lot that I still need to learn. I, maybe I've got the whole beer thing uh, down fairly well, but as far as the business goes and the draft techs um, uh, or draft technology, then, then I, I need to... Uh, come back and listen to this podcast uh many times over but to that to that end um you know the, there are those um 
there are there are those uh, bars where you walk in and, and the owner or the general manager or whoever it is has been there for decades and they know the patterns um, like the back of their hand and they know what needs to go on they know what sells they, they I've I've talked to those people who they just tell me they know but then we enter the age of COVID and all rules are out the door everything that we think we know is completely rewritten and so no one really knows anymore so to that end um, how do we create an, an authentic intentional experience um, yeah, and we, you know, using the, the benefit of technology and data and experience and, and, and to use all that to create a future success. I've got a question for you. How are you engaging with your customers? Are you adding value or just vying for attention? If you have a business, then you are an authority and should be regarded as a partner in everyone's mutual success. But getting that message across in the first place, that's the trick. At Mountain Sea Media, I use education and storytelling to keep your brand on top of mind. So if you're done with ineffective marketing and want to create more impact, I want Mountain Sea Media to be your resource for high-value branded content. Contact me at jeremy at mountainseamedia.com to explore the possibilities. After all, it's your story. I'll help you tell it. Right. I think this is this is what we have seen is that what the pandemic did was it revealed the weaknesses in our the businesses that we've loved. It exposed the strengths in the businesses that we've loved. And it's it's caused us to sort of all of us in the on-premise environment to sort of double down on, okay. This this is an emotional industry, and I say that in a good way, not in a bad way. There's this is a relational industry, um, and in really good economic times, you you that gets that gets you a long way. Uh, the details maybe you can uh, avoid addressing for a period of time. It is when challenge comes your way that you realize that by paying attention to the facts, the data, where you are, you are persuaded by truth, that's what is rooted in the very best of businesses that have the strength to be around day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year for the customers that love them. And so technology for, for our customers has been a blessing the data that that technology is capturing for them has been able to share truth to say, okay, here's, here is exactly how our draft program is performing. These are the metrics that we're, that we can look at day to day, week to week, month to month. And I guess, Jeremy, I would, I would kind of look at it this way. Um, before all of us knew how many steps we were walking every day, and you had asked all of us, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm with myself every day. I know whether I'm walking or not. I know whether I need to walk more or not. But am I actually doing it? But when the steps face you every day, when the data stares at you every day, your ability, your motivation even, to, to take the facts and care better 
for yourself, you, you now have that. And I tell people, you have metrics in your draft program that are accumulating and, and hidden. If you, if you uncover them, they're there for you every day in the same way that every day I'm accumulating personal metrics every day with every step that I take. Think of all the technology that we use to just evaluate our own behavior every day, how we sleep, how much we're exercising, what our heart rate is. We are generating all kinds of metrics. If you intentionally review those metrics, you can care better for yourself. Your draft program is very much the same way. The metrics in your draft program, whether it's looking at how a new product is comparing to all other products in the same style, how, how a product's draft performance is comparing to its, its packaged performance in your environment if you, if you offer it in both. To have the facts available to you allows you to care for that draft program, get more out of that draft program, um, just in the same way that you can care for yourself. So today, technology, because it helps us collect, process, and analyze data, it gives us a pathway to the truth. It gives us a, a look in the face. Sure, as you as you talked about it, I met so many really fantastic people, but but other people who are, are managing draft programs and managing on premise, who who will say, I, "I've done this forever. I've always known what to do." But how we all know, we may know what to do, but we may not do it. Sometimes it's, you've got to have the data staring you in the face and showing you, you are trending down. Are you okay to stay on this path? Or you're trending up. Do you want to deviate from this plan? So when you have that, it doesn't take the relationships out of, out of the on-premise. It doesn't take the, the consumer experience out of it. It simply, simply helps you make better decisions faster so that you can spend more time in designing your customer experience and being intentional about your environment. It doesn't take away um, all of that, the, the warmth and the intentionality. It helps you advance what it is that you're trying to do. Well, and I think that is an incredible analogy that I hadn't thought about before because it's one thing for me to look at myself in the mirror and think I need to do some more sit-ups. It's a completely separate issue altogether to acknowledge that we are, in fact, uh, very deeply into the era of smartphones, and, and I don't believe there's going back. It's just only moving forward. And so why wouldn't we use that same mindset, that same technology, that same um, uh, ideal to apply to our business and, and specifically our draft system? Because anyone who has, an, uh, has a bar or restaurant knows that the real money is made through uh, selling alcohol, not through food. And, and, but to do that even better using, using it, you know, your computer or even the phone that's already in your hand to help you just do it that much better just seems to be a, a no-brainer, right? Right, and it can be very, yes, and it can be very, very practical. I mean, again, it, it, there's art and science to it, so depending upon the kind of 
operator or owner you are, there's a certain part of the art that can uh, take you far, further and deeper into the analytics. But let's just be really, really practical. You know, over the last couple of years, you know, 18 months or so, I have been out um, talking with every type of customer that we have, every type of brewer that uh, we work with. We, we've been out in the field and we've been on video calls with them and for our on-premise customers, we've been asking them, what are the questions that you believe the data can answer? And we want to help you um, more streamline the pathway to those answers. So some of them are extremely practical. Let's just give you a quick example. Um, in any cooler today, there is very likely um, a partially depleted keg. It was taken off maybe for a tap takeover. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't selling appropriately. You know, those for whatever reason, there's a, a partially depleted keg in your cooler. It might get lost. You know, it, we might forget about it. Um, or we, we've had some customers say to us, okay, there are times where I am changing my draft program, but I've got a day or two left. Um, I, what can I put on? It's Tuesday. What could I put on my tap that I can deplete in two days? Well, you know, again, you can run around and, and look at all your kegs in your cooler and depending upon how many, how much inventory you hold and all of that. And, and you can go and shake kegs and you can try to figure that out. Or the data could simply tell you, here's, here's what you have in your cooler. Here's the historical depletion rates for these. Here's the, here's the one keg in your cooler that most likely is going to deplete in two days. And, and now you've made a decision in 15 seconds rather than taking 15 minutes back in the cooler trying to figure that out. In that 15 minutes, you could have been working with your team. You could have been interacting with a customer. So sometimes what the data does is extremely practical. Um, you you may have a product on, you may have a, a, uh, a keg on tap that is not performing all, of, all that well, and you are asking yourself, should I pull it? Well, your data can tell you, okay, it's, it's Thursday. Am I pulling this thing or not? Well, um, in one of our products, we have something called a heat map. It will heat map for you exactly in hour by hour, day by day, when that product has been at its best, when, when it has the most success on draft. So it's Thursday afternoon. You're trying to decide whether or not to pull it. Data like that, you can look at a heat map and go, actually, this product sells at its best on Thursday night. Okay. You, you may look at that and the data is, may tell you, hang on, hold this one on for, for another night and see whether or not you can get more productivity out of that tap. The data helps you do that. So in, instead of taking the gut, which can be very good, um, but the data is, is going to cooperate with you and your gut and give you a really informed piece of information to help you make a very practical decision. Another one real quick that customers ask us about all the time is, can the data help us make this decision? And we, you know, help them find that uh, the way to do that as well is you've got the um, distributor walks in the door, says, hey, I've got this on special. Do you want it? And 
you know, the, the, not every, you don't, you didn't know when they were coming. You've only got a few moments. You've got to make a split second decision. Do I want it? Well, your data, if you are collecting the data from your draft program, you may very easily be able to see, okay, here's what it is. Here's its ABV. Here's its style. Um, you can look at all those attributes in your draft program to see, you know, how effective is this product, this kind of product for us or this exact product for us? How much of it am I already holding? And immediately be able to make that good decision. And, and instead of making the decision about I like the distributor or I don't, or I usually go with what the distributor says, you know, and it, with all deference to distributors, I do, you know, the best distributors have your best interest at heart, but you really, you have data that tells you whether that's a yes or no decision. And if you don't get it right, and we've all been there, it's very possible that, that the reason that's on special is it's getting near its expiration. You just realized after you said yes, you already have two of those kegs, you know, in your cooler. It, it may be that you never actually served that keg. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed in the moment you, you wanted to make that decision. But, but data can stare you in the face and say, hang on, that's not, that chocolate cake is not the best choice yeah. for you right now, right? So it, it can be very, very practical. Well, in, in all reality, all of the uh, distributor reps that I've encountered and worked with have been fantastic people. And for the generally speaking, I believe that anyone, uh, for the most part, in the beer industry are fantastic people. But the the reality still rings true that that I mean there are businesses in 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 business to sell beer, and so there are times when. A sales rep is going to move that beer that's almost or that's close to code uh, that's going to go out of code soon so they need to move it before it's gone or it might be a, a beer that uh, that other businesses ended up not wanting and so they need to move it or it might be hey we have an incentive on this beer so whoever whoever sells them the most kegs of this beer gets this you know backpack or something like that and so they're they're motivated by trying to move those and 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 that is the reality of things um and there's nothing wrong with that but just being mindful that just because someone is suggesting hey this would be a great beer for you to put on that's not always true and and what you're talking about is having the the quick uh information at literally at your fingertips to decide what's really best for your business not for someone else's right Right. And, and I absolutely, and I agree with you as well, that the, the very best distributors of which there are many, they want you to make a good decision for you. That They don't want to come back next time with you frustrated that you actually made a bad decision or took their advice when it would be, it would have been far better for everybody if you'd had the ability to make a great choice, which might've been to say, yes, well, not only do I want one, I'll take two, you know, that what, whatever the right choice is, they want you to make that choice. They want their relationship with you to be great. They want you to feel like what they've provided is good. And once in a while that the answer to those kinds of questions are going to be no. Sometimes it's going to be yes. But in the end, that distributor wants you to be successful and wants your interactions with them to be successful. In fact, we, we are, um, we're, we have just hired a, uh, a gentleman from Sweetwater Brewery, 
out of Atlanta to join our team. And he has been uh, with the brewery for about four years. Prior to that, he was a distributor. And he he had said to me that, uh, boy, I have been in um, on-premise environments where BrewLogic's technology, that are the um, legacy technology, was in place in that on-premise environment. And he said, it blew me away hmm. that, the, that the operator could say, you know, this is depleting at this rate, so therefore we need to we need to increase what we're ordering, or you know, based on what day of the week it is, and we're moving into a slower period for this product. We don't need to re. He said it was amazing to me what they knew and how they could make decisions. It presented no conflict for them. In in fact, it just it made them better partners. So uh, part of this is we've talked all, all about the, the data and the science and, and everything else, but you, uh, you also mentioned you know, the art and even the education. So I, I want to ask um, about the, the value of education. I know you, uh, through uh, BrewLogics and BreweryDB and everything, you're, you are putting out some uh, education. And I, I do have to ask my listeners to please forgive me. Um, I don't mean for this to be self-serving because you and I have partnered to put education out there. But the real question is, I think it's important that there's still a lot of on-premise uh, businesses, even breweries, who really don't, they may value education, but they don't um, prioritize education. There's not a direct monetary value to make sure everyone's educated. So, and and I think that is underserved, but it's, it's hard to prove without having the data there. What What's your experience with uh, the value of education in these places? Right. Okay. So if, if just for a second, just to give your, your listeners some context in, in our mission as brew logics, we offer the beer industry, the craft industry, an integrated suite of products across them. Those, those are three products, one, one to serve the brewery industry, another to serve the on-premise industry, the third to serve uh, the consumer, the, the craft lover community, and then interwoven together. These are all integrated. They are designed to overall serve uh, the craft industry. But our goal in that, this integrated suite of products, is to help people know more, do more, and grow more. Know more is actually the first of our pillars in our own sort of uh, positioning statement, that you might call it, um, as a strategist, but that's a that's sort of an inside baseball term. But we'll we'll uh, share that with with your listeners. So knowing more in this industry increases the joy in this industry. I think I think everybody knows there. There's even some YouTube videos that make fun of of people who love craft beer in particular and and love to get down to the hint of this this flavor note and the you know a more prominent flavor note and these hops and these malts and 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 we adore all of that but really what what knowing more and increasing knowledge in this in this space is it increases the joy and craft lovers love that craft is an experience right now i don't I don't seek to to dissuade anyone from any kind of beverage at all, but when when I drink my favorite um, pop, you know, um, 
it, it's I'm drinking my favorite pop. There's just not much to it. When when I'm sitting in a tap room and I've ordered the flight, it's an experience. And and every one of us, our whole team um, uh, in the product and marketing group went out for lunch together at, at a brewery in downtown Indianapolis. We went to Ellison Brewery. Every one of us, six of us around the table and six of us at another table, we all ordered flights. And so you have six times four, right? There's 24 and we're, we're all in, like, what did you get? What did you get? How does that taste? What do you think? What's the, you know, and what are you getting with that? What do you smell? It's an experience. And the level of joy uh, in that environment was substantially increased because craft is an experience. Being in, especially, I think, uh, the brewery environment, it's an experience. And there's such an authentic nature to it. This craft product, somebody really thoroughly, somebody that you probably can look across the room at, who you are seeing right there, has thoroughly thought through how to brew this product, you know, it, what's going in this product. They've planned it out. They've thought it out. They've toyed with it and they've labored over it. And it, so now you're there, you know, breathing in that, that banana note, you know, that blueberry note or, or whatever, and experiencing what they planned. I mean, in reality, when you think about it, it is absolutely fascinating. And so for for the on-premise uh, operators and owners, for brewery, um, for the brewmasters, as well as for their, their tap room uh, managers, don't underestimate how completely fascinated lovers of craft are. And this is expanding out into things like kombucha. I mean, you can now go into a lot of brewery uh, tap rooms and into breweries to find that they're innovating in the kombucha category as well. And people are beginning to be the, completely fascinated with all of the approaches and variations and flavor profiles of not only craft beer, but craft kombucha. And so bringing the knowledge, I'm really hoping that Brew Logic is an absolute advocate for equipping and inspiring brewers and on-premise managers to move knowledge out into um, their environment because it absolutely enhances the consumer experience. They crave it. They're looking for it. Um, if you want to share a pairing, for example, that maybe, maybe you are exceptional in um, in red meat, smoked meat. Maybe that's your on-premise uh, concept that you're smoked meat. Well, you could teach your consumers how to pair beer to those smoked meats, whether it's in what's in your menus, what you have available on your website, your social media. And, and Jeremy, as you know, that's part of what we're trying to do with BreweryDB. We're also trying to create the opportunity for marketers in Market My Brewery is to share that knowledge with, with um, the customer base, with craft lovers who are by the tens of thousands every single day on BreweryDB, 
looking for that kind of information. They're hitting our social media to see what what Good Bear Matters has to say about this style or that pairing. It's a craving. And I really hope uh, to be a big part of, of awakening our industry up to the fact that increased knowledge increases joy. And isn't that a great gift that we can give uh, particularly to our country right now, but well into the future. I well, as you know, I wholeheartedly agree with you, one uh, hundred uh, plus percent. Um, but for anyone listening um, to this podcast and thinks, "Oh, you know, Lori and Jeremy are just uh, beer nerds," and and that doesn't really that doesn't really ring true. the The fact remains that we're seeing a huge uh, growth in. Um, craft kombucha, craft cider, craft mead, craft spirits, uh, craft cheese, artisanal bread, um, along with beer, and even wine has gotten, uh, in some respects, smaller and more boutique and more artisanal, where they were just kind of uh, extremely wonderfully educated, if not elitist, at the same time uh, prior to that. Um, But even just looking at all the uh, TV shows on about food, uh, and, and all the websites about food to help educate people about food and flavor, how to cook better at home. Uh, it, 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 you can't, you can't ignore the signs. It's all there to see. It's all, we all know exactly where we're going. It's just a matter of who wants to start doing this now, knowing that the train has already left the station and who's going to be the last ones to arrive. Um, it, that's my perspective on, on all this and, and why I do what I do. Absolutely. And, and I would say, too, if you are a, a particularly if you're a taproom and, and you do growlers or crowlers, make sure your on-premise environment and your on-premise experience is everything that you intend it to be. And, and I can tell you, for the vast majority of on-premise managers in taproom environments, it's highly relational. It's very interactive. Um, there's such an appreciation between uh, those taproom entrepreneurs and their customer base. But if you engage them in the knowledge of what it is that they're drinking, in the knowledge of how that completely enhances what they're eating, and, and you help them experience that, I guarantee you, you're going to increase the number of people that not only are in your on-premise environment, but walk out with the growler, walk out with the crowler, because they want to try what you just equipped them to do. Um, they, they want to experiment themselves. They want to share what they've learned. The, you, this is certainly true of all of us. When you have been moved by something you've learned, you want to share it with somebody else. And so you can create all these wonderful little evangelists in the craft community by simply engaging them in the knowledge of what it is that you're serving and why. Um, if, if you're in the on-premise environment, you've got this great craft beer bar with an, with an awesome menu. You have the ability to share a little bit. It, it, clearly, you've got to, I'm not suggesting that you've got your servers have the time and that your, your chefs have the time, you know, to spend in, in the moment to moment day. But maybe there's a way that you can do this, whether it's on your social media, whether it's in, in your media strategy, or maybe it's in, on your website. Give them hints into what you're doing. 
pull them into the knowledge of why your pairings are amazing and what they can try at home. Because uh, they're going to, their loyalty is going to deepen. They're going to love that they learn something from you. The today's consumer that has the, the, uh, the, the, the revenue that has the income to spend in your establishment, they want to learn something from you. And when they do, they pay you back with loyalty. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I've seen that over and over and over again. Those, those um, businesses that are willing to do extra to stay uh, in in the lead of the pack, uh, uh, and I, I can think of some uh, particular breweries up in um, uh, uh, back up in Oregon, where where I uh, recently lived for almost twenty years, who are leading the charge not because of their size, but because of their innovation and the way that they engage with with the the craft beer fanatics like me. Um, it, it's uh, it, it's just a way, to, like you said, to. Uh, to bring joy, to bring the experience to the guests, um, and I rem- I can think of some uh, uh, pairing dinners that I hosted, where I, you know, the, the end of the evening, everyone was just you know, uh, just drunk with the experience, not not with the alcohol, but um, and we talk about here here's what we put together, here's how you can go back home and recreate this for your guests, so that you can go and share this with your guests and your friends and your family in your home. We, we give them the 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 tools to do that, knowing full well they'll come back because we created it. We just gave them the playbook to to copy it and 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 sure enough i i saw many of the same people come back to our series of hosting of pairing dinners and and they absolutely loved it and that's just one example of share the education share the engagement and and lead with love absolutely absolutely and i love that you talked about hosting a, a, you know a dinner with with intentional pairings and with an education that is something that I would love for, um, whether it's tap rooms or, or on-premise environments that are in the in the restaurant space or the, the craft bar space, beer bar space, et cetera, is consider that as as we re-engage with the on-premise experience, think about how how you can come back into this in some new ways that it does involve customer knowledge. Um, we know in just doing maybe hosting a tasting party, uh, you can you can even socially distance a good tasting uh, party. But invite in you know, some of the folks in your community that are fascinated with what you do. But but you know you can you can even have a we, we actually had an event here at Brew Logic uh, in in conjunction with the brewery running series uh, last week. We had a registration. We had online registration. We capped it at the number of people that we needed to. We had it well socially distanced, but they had an opportunity to go and visit a number of breweries in our environment, learn a little something from them. Each brewery had had brought something very specific that they could share some knowledge about that with folks. And folks loved that, that they could come in and learn a little something, have some fun, interact with some folks and create, you know, and sense that normalcy maybe was coming back, but maybe even a better 
normal. You know, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily buy into the new normal. I, I kind of like normal, but I like better normal even better. You know, that maybe this is an opportunity for the on-premise environment to say, you know, how do we more deeply engage our customer base? Because that that's what they're looking for. They want engagement. Um, so, and it doesn't need to slow your business down. It doesn't need to limit what, what it is that you're doing, but you know, maybe you've got a, a, a special place in your um, in your on-premise environment where having a VIP tasting um, event, having a food pairing event, having your chef maybe a few times a year share some really exceptional things with your customer base, get a little press out of it. Um, just uh, there is so much that we have to offer. Uh, our our customer base in new and exciting ways, and some of some of the best of us in the industry, some of folks like Greg Angered out at at um, the Neighborhood Restaurant Group, he's been doing things like this for years, and so have many many others. Uh, but I I really hope this is a wave, you know, that comes over us and sustains us, uh, that we can bring this new sense of joy and in the knowledge of what craft can do and the pairings that craft can um, inspire, um, what that can mean in increasing the knowledge in the industry that, and what that does for people in their own homes as well. Just appreciating the experience of craft, um, boy, we're all in. So, Lori, I've got one more big question I want to ask you before we begin our wind-down questions, um, but I want to make sure I get to this one because I think this is also going to be important. Um, but we've talked about you know, the pain points and what people are, are doing, how they could do it better. But, um, you know, with, with your company, Brew Logics and Brewery DB uh, and, and all the rest, um, what, are, what are you guys doing to help promote and improve the industry as we kind of move on to the next year, decade and beyond? Okay. Thank you for asking that question, because this has been a passion of ours, particularly since March of 2021. I think for, for all of us in, in this industry, we had to ask ourselves, what is our response going to be to really an exceptional time in the life of the world, our country, and particularly our industry? Um, what is our response going to be? And at Logics, our response was to say, okay, we're, we're going to double down on our commitment to this industry. We're going to double down on our commitment to the on-premise environment, we're going to double down on our commitment to the craft brewer and the craft experience. And so one of the things that we did after March of 2020, sorry, March of 2020, is we took a look at all of our assets. We looked at all of the data and we said, how well is this performing? How well is BurryDB serving? the craft industry? How well is our analytics platform serving the craft industry and the on-premise environment? And, and we did a, a real deep dive into, we were already in the process of doing, you know, normal software updates and improvements in, in those products. But in, in all honesty, Jeremy, we looked at all of that and said, uh-uh, these are improvements but it's not transformational enough. So that when we get to the other side of the, of, of the pandemic and we move into a time of resurgence, 
what can our contribution be? So what we started doing was looking at, okay, we want to be in a position to help brewers reconnect with the, with craft lovers of craft. We want to help them create sort of an ecosystem of marketable connections with their fans, with their customers, even with the on-premise environment. So we began to develop a product platform called Market My Brewery. And it, this is a free platform for brewers who can come in and are, the goal of it is to help them share their brewery experience with particularly in 2021 with craft consumers, consumers who are dying to find them. And where consumers go to do that is BreweryDB. BreweryDB is entering into a phase of a complete redesign. And very soon, and maybe by the time that this is airing or people are listening, if they're listening in after it's broadcast, BreweryDB, the new BreweryDB may already be out in the marketplace. But what we did was we said, okay, what is all of our research telling us about what the consumer is looking for? And how are, how are we responding? BreweryDB has historically been a well-respected industry database. But what was happening is that consumers had found their way there. Millions of craft brewery visits are initiated on BreweryDB. But it wasn't really designed as that. So that's what we've been doing is completely redesigning BreweryDB to help not only the craft consumer, but also the craft industry re-engage to find the brewery experiences that people are looking for and marry those things together with other things that they love. So BreweryDB and Market My Brewery, we've been investing in the millions, in the millions of dollars. We've been investing into the craft industry by rebuilding those platforms, by rebuilding BreweryDB and introducing Market My Brewery so that consumers can find the brewery experience they're looking for. And we can track that for brewers, give them really good information on what is creating an attraction to their brewery, to their products, et cetera. In addition to that, what we've been doing to increase the health of the on-premise environment overall is completely transform our analytics platform into the performance platform. And in that product, we have all those hidden metrics in the draft program come to light. They come to light in super easy visual um, dashboards, um, visuals that help you see immediately how your draft program is serving you and your customer base, decision-making tools, planning tools. We've, we have invested in the millions of dollars into the performance platform so that the on-premise environment now has the opportunity to reemerge with and address those weaknesses that the that the pandemic exposed. It can answer those questions that our customers have asked us to help them um, get on on the better side of. And so that's what where we've been doing is sewing together and integrating these platforms with one another so that not only can we help one customer at a time, but we can also help the industry. So when we get deeper into 2021 and all of these products are out in the marketplace and we're starting to collect behavioral data from consumers, behavioral data in the on-premise environment, et cetera, we'll be able to share that in some industry reports that we plan on providing 
the industry, to help the industry understand what is the impact of sharing more knowledge with your customer base? What is that? How is how is that creating an impact in the on-premise environment? Um, how are consumers responding to the ability to get back out into the experiences and have the experiences that they're looking for? It is our plan to share that in some executive summaries and some industry reporting uh, out into the industry. So as we get deeper into 2021, look forward to that because it is our goal to make sure that the craft industry overall, whether you whether you produce the product, whether you distribute the product, whether you serve the product, and, and particularly for self-distributors, um, whether you serve the product, we want to help you have a leg up by using technology, by using data, and allowing that to have you have an efficient way to make decisions in your business so you can focus on the relationships and the experience. And this is just an, an obvious uh, call to any breweries, any on-premise places. If you're not familiar with any of this that we've been talking about, then please, please uh check out uh, the websites and, and, and learn and get involved because this is all going to go in a, in a great place. Uh, you can already tell. Um, but for the sake of time, Lori, I want to ask you our closing questions and just and, and kind of uh, finish out this wonderful conversation. Um, if, uh, if I could make you the beer queen for a day of the entire world, <laughs> what would you change? Oh, boy. You know what? This... Um Thanks for the question. You know, I don't want to be presumptuous that I would have any authority or control or influence enough to say that, but I will reflect on this. Uh, I had a conversation last week with um, a, a beer director of a, um, of a large restaurant group, and we were discussing the fact that because so much over the last decade has so much in this craft industry has focused on the product, which is a wonderful thing that maybe in the beer industry, if the craft beer industry in particular, one of the things that we should be looking at changing is a resurgence in our engagement with craft consumers is a resurgence in our, um, how we define service and how we define our relationship. So much focus has been on the product, which is wonderful. But when you think about that, go back, you know, uh, over a decade ago, 15 years ago, craft beer was not necessarily easy to find. Today, it's everywhere. And so for the craft industry, the the one of the things I would love to change or is or maybe just contribute to is that re-examination. You know, the industries go in S curves, and maybe we're swinging back to let's do a self check. Are are we creating the authentic environments that drew people to craft in the in the very beginning? Are we re, are we committed? to the full craft experience, which is both the product, it's the identity, it's the experience when somebody comes on premise into my environment that is heavily invested in craft. Is, am I engaging with the, the consumer, the customer, 
that has an expectation that my experiencing craft is different, it's better, it's richer uh, than the alternative. And a lot of that may come in the form of knowledge, of sharing with that craft consumer. So if I were queen for a day, I, I would love for the whole industry to sort of, you know, go through that self-check, go through their brand check. You know, are we authentic to the craft experience? What can we do to ensure that the, when we resurge here out of this pandemic, that we're not just surviving, but we're, we're, we're re-inspiring the craft experience and surpassing craft consumers' expectations and, and joy around this product category, but around the experience in and of itself. So I know we've talked quite a bit about that, but that is absolutely where my passion is today. There's these these are diamonds in the rough still. This is this might this industry may have advanced and and we have hit a certain peak of a certain type of maturity. But but if we're not careful, maturity tends to decline. And so we need to S-curve ourselves back up and swing back up into something that can be truly exciting for the industry as a whole um, and extremely rewarding for owners and, and managers in this space. Mm, I totally agree. But the queen has spoken, so uh, we'll move <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, if, if you had the opportunity to choose your very last meal and your very last beer before you depart this earth, what would they be? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Well, uh, let me just say that uh, I have a husband who has gone crazy with a smoker. I, I'm not the only one out there. I know that. Um, but yes, my last meal, I guarantee you, is going to be smoked something. Um, so <laughs> it, it's that might be my last meal. And, and uh, let's see, what do you think? There's maybe a, a great lager out there that would be a good pair uh, to that. Um, we Black Acre Brewing here locally. In, in fact, we have on our kegerator, we have a four-tap kegerator here in our own um, organization here at BrewLogic. And on that kegerator right now, we have 1802 lager from Black Acre, from Black Acre. Um, 4% ABV, so it can it fits nicely in the 4 o'clock uh, <laughs> happy hour here. But um, I don't know, maybe maybe 1802 lager with some with some smoked um, some some smoked pork. What do you think about that? You know, I I'm willing to try it. You know me, um, but that, yeah. that sounds great. Um, but with all of your discussion that we had today and all of your experience in in uh, the craft beer world. In, in your opinion, Lori, why does good beer matter? Wow. Um, wow. Good, good beer matters because it adds dimension to life. Um, it, it's like I was saying earlier, you know, I can, I can crack open a soda and it's okay. Um, good beer adds dimension to life. Good beer brings out a, a palate experience that's just simply better. Good beer is 
is oftentimes the center of great conversation, great social interaction. And Jeremy, right now, if there's one thing we need, our world needs right now, is is good beer that helps us return to those great friendships, those great experiences, those great meals um, that just add dimension to life. Oh, I, I, again, you and I are completely aligned on this, but uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, a couple of easy questions. Uh, anyone listening, um, how can they connect either with you or, or the BrewLogix team to learn more about what it is you guys are doing? Okay. Easy, easy, BrewLogix.com, B-R-E-W-L-O-G-I-X.com. Super simple. There, there's, um, our, our folks are, uh, really easy to get a hold of. There's just a click on on the on the website there, and you'll easily get to real people uh, who who can help you immediately. Yeah, anyone that wants to reach out to me, I would adore that. Be very happy to talk with anybody. Maybe email might be the easiest way. So it's going to be really easy. It's Lori L O R I dot Bolin B O L I N at BrewLogics dot com. Wonderful. Um, and I will have some links uh, in the show notes for this too. Anyone wants to just kind of jump in and, and find the spot. Um, uh, but uh, lastly, Lori, um, do you have any calls of action or uh, words of wisdom for my listeners? Mm, words of wisdom. Hopefully we just packed this hour, Jeremy, you and me together. For, I, think, I, think we did. Wisdom. I think we did. There's a lot of good stuff yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, keep listening to Jeremy. We, you know, thank you, Jeremy. We adore what you bring to this industry. Um, so that's one piece of great wisdom is to, is to um, keep listening to Jeremy. We would love it if you especially followed Brewery DB on social media. That's a place where we're really hoping um, to really engage folks and uh, especially craft consumers. But if you are in the industry, and you you listened to Jeremy and me today, and you are passionate about what we're passionate about. If you've got ideas to partner, you know, in in any way that will lift up this this industry, um, we're we are all ears. And so maybe maybe that's just an offer that um, we're we're unabashedly biased uh, toward the craft. Uh, industry and would love to work with uh, others who are are passionate about the same. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Lori, for coming on to the Good Beer Matters podcast. Thank you for sharing everything that you're doing and your perspective on this. And uh, uh, I'm I'm just grateful and, and thrilled to be able to uh, uh, work with you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jeremy. Have a great day. Running a beer business is tough enough, even without a pandemic or myriad other challenges we may face. But there are ways to work smarter, to make life easier, and to turn guests into raving fans. I've partnered with BrewLogix because I believe the solutions they provide will help you thrive whatever may come your way. In the next episode, we deep dive into the world of yeast by the man who wrote the book on it. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and experiences we create together. But it's also about better beer education so you can level up your game. So if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters podcast and go to goodbeermatters.net for more resources and next steps.
After that, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.